culture, right? We're living in a culture that's saying you got to choose either or, and depending on what side of the tracks you land, you got to hate the person on the other side. And we're saying, hey, there is a lot of both and truths in scripture where it's not an either or, a both and the same coin, two sides of the same coin. So we've taken a look at a lot of these truths this week. I'm just going to recap real quick, and then we're going to dive into what we're talking about this morning. Um, week one, Pastor Eric talked about truth and, you guys remember? Love. Let's try that again. Truth and, okay, Pastor Eric was the only one that repeated it. <laughs> he remembered. Truth and love. And we talked about how it's a both and. How God is love and God is the truth. And how we can't separate the two. We can't. Lean one way or the other. We have to be both entirely truth and. And we meshed two different Play-Doh colors together to help us remember that it's a both and. Then week two, we talked about the natural and the supernatural. And how God made everything that we see the natural realm, but he also made everything that we don't see the heavenly realm. And how God calls us to be diligent in the natural, to be people of integrity and diligence and all of those kinds of things. But he also calls us to live lives of faith and trust him in the supernatural. And how it's the natural and the supernatural together that make an explosive force for God. Then week three, we talked about who's at your table. And we talked about the both and of who's at your table and how when Jesus lived, he had both the disciples and those far from God referred to as tax collectors and sinners at his table and how our life should reflect the both and of discipleship and evangelism, of having people in our life that draw us closer to God and people in our life that we're helping draw them closer to God. It's a both and, right? Today, we're talking about the both and tension of walking out our faith. Faith and patience. Patience. The both and of faith and patience. We're talking about how faith is both a now thing and how it manifests often in a then thing, a now and a then tension as it relates to us walking out our faith. And <clears throat> on this topic of faith, we could have we gone a lot of different re- directions. And I just want to say on the front end, there's a couple of other both and themes with faith that I think it's important to just acknowledge on the front end. <clears throat> One other way we could have gone this morning was talking about faith and works, faith and action. All throughout scripture, you see this tension of, is it faith or is it action? And it's a both and. We see in James 2, 17, <clears throat> chapter 17, 
verse, um, James 2, verse 27, 26, and, or 24 and 26. Check it out. It says, thus also faith by itself, <clears throat> if it does not have works, is dead. You see then that a man is justified by his works or action and not by faith only. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Basically, it's a both and. <clears throat> it's not just what you believe, but it's also the actions that correspond to what you believe, right? We've talked about this before, how our faith should have corresponding action. It's one thing to say, I love you. It's another thing to meet a tangible need of that person when they're in crisis, right? It's the both and of faith and action. <clears throat> Another dynamic that we could talk about this morning is the both and dynamic of faith and wisdom. <clears throat> it's a both and. So, um, you know, faith is not operating foolishly without wisdom. A lot of times God will call us to believe him in faith or to step out in faith. And yeah, it doesn't make logical sense. And it might look a little crazy, but there's always an element of wisdom at hand also. <clears throat> um, you know, when God called Eric and I and our family out to Livingston County to start alive four years ago, <clears throat> we were walking on faith. There were so many di uh, dimensions of faith in our daily life. It looked crazy. It didn't look logical. <clears throat> but at the same time, there was um, practices of wisdom at play. Like we went to go get trained through ARC on how to start a church, we intentionally bulked up our personal savings account to have reserves as we went into this unknown season. We intentionally rented a house instead of bought a house. There was wisdom and faith, right? <clears throat> Proverbs 24, 3 says, through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it's established. <clears throat> the pastor of the Bible school that we went to, Kenneth W. Hagan, said, faith is not a substitute for common sense. Faith is not foolishness. <clears throat> Some people say that they're standing on faith for finances, but yet they're not working. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, if anyone will not work, neither let him eat. It's both faith and wisdom. Amen? <clears throat> but that's not what we're talking about this morning. We could, though, couldn't we? Because a, a lot of that, Pastor Eric talked about in the natural and the supernatural message. <clears throat> this morning, we're talking about the tension of how faith is both a now and a then thing. We're talking about the tension of faith and patience. Let's pray, and then we'll continue. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that you call us to live by faith. Give us greater understanding this morning practically on what that looks like. <clears throat> we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith is now and it has then implications also. So let's talk about the now part first. Faith is now. <clears throat> and faith is kind of an ambiguous word. So let me just define it for you this morning. <clears throat> Faith is, when I say faith, I'm not saying good vibes, okay? You guys tracking? Faith does not equal good vibes. <clears throat> Sending you good vibes. I'm not talking about that. 
when I say faith, I'm not talking about having positive thoughts. All of these things are fine. It's good to have positive thoughts. It's good, all of those kind of things. But that's not what faith is. When I say faith, I'm not talking about a hopeful longing. When I talk about faith, I'm not talking about um, this common new age practice of manifesting. When I talk about faith, I'm not talking about those things. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The faith that we're talking about this morning is faith that is rooted in the word of God. And the way that we increase our faith is by reading the word of God, because our faith is based on the word of God. So if I was to give you a definition of faith this morning, I would say faith is full confidence in God's word. Complete expectation and trust that God will do what he said. So what would be an example of that? You read in the scripture, you you get to the book of Philippians and you read that God's going to meet my every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So you read that. And the more you read that and the more you read scriptures like that about how God will provide for you, the more faith rises and you actually believe it. Faith is when we believe what God has said. And so when we read that scripture, and it's not a philosophical thing or a good thing to put on a plaque in your room, but you 100% believe it and have expectation for how God's going to come through on that promise. Faith is not conjuring up some kind of positive thinking or conjuring up some expectation for the future. Faith is based on what God has said. Amen? And so the the core scripture for this morning of, okay, so how do we walk that out, is found in Mark 11, 22 through 24. Mark 11, 22 through 24. It says, and so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith. In God, the literal translation is have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he said will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's a lot. There's a lot in that scripture. There's a lot that we could pull out. We, would, we could camp out for the next rest of the message and just say, hey, God commanded us to have faith. God, Jesus said, have faith in God. We could camp out on the fact that the word say is used more than any other word in that scripture. <clears throat> that there is this strong correlation between what we believe in our heart and what we say out of our mouth and how... Our tongue is like a rudder on a ship of our life. We could talk about all that this morning. But I want to emphasize this morning the last scripture that we just read. Go ahead and put it back up on the screen. Jesus said, and whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. talking about faith and patience, we're talking about the element of how faith is a now thing, and it can be a later thing also. 
The first thing we see in this scripture is it says, whatever things you ask when you pray. We see the context of this scripture is asking when we pray. A lot of times when we pray, we're hoping. We're talking to God about our hopes. God, I was really hoping that you would make this day really good. God, I was really hoping that something fill in the blank. Or God, you know, if it's your will, I'd really love for this to happen. But the scripture is specifically saying when you ask. And that's different, isn't it? It takes more boldness to ask. I know my children, sometimes they might say something like, man, we really would love to go do this, or we would really love to have this. But it's different when they say, like Ella asked, hey, mom, can we go to Markillies to get some donuts and cider after church today? And I said, yes. <laughs> it's different when you ask, right? So the whole context of everything we're talking about this morning is asking God, things. And of course, we see throughout scripture that he tells us to ask according to his will, according to his word. So we have to know his word to know if what we're asking lines up with his word. Um, but as we get closer to God, as we're in his word, we know that his desires become our desires. So we're talking about asking, but then there's this interesting paradigm after that. When you ask, when you pray, <clears throat> then there's a comma. Believe that you receive, then another comma and, then you will have. So the scripture is showing some things in a certain order. First, <clears throat> I'll do it this way. First, ask and pray. Then, believe and receive. Then, you have. So we're talking about this morning. The believing and the receiving part is the now part. Based on this scripture and many other scriptures, we receive things from God before we actually have them tangibly. Believing and receiving means you're so fully persuaded, so 100% in faith, so settled in your heart that what you're asking for, God will give you. That you already receive it by faith before you actually have it. That part is a now part. For example, <clears throat> James 1.5 says that if you need wisdom, ask for it. Actually, don't put it up on the screen yet. I'm going to talk about it for a minute first. If you need wisdom, ask for it and God will give it to you. That's a really clear promise that we can stand on. If you need wisdom, the scripture says, ask for it and God will give it to you. So as we pray, so you're in a situation and you need guidance, you need direction, you need wisdom. And so you ask, so you go to God in prayer and you say, God, I need wisdom. I'm asking you for wisdom. God, I need direction. Would you direct me? Would you give me guidance on this thing? So you ask, and then you believe and you receive. And so as you're praying, then you say, and God, I thank you. Because when you receive something, you say, thank you. And so God, I thank you 
that you are giving me wisdom. I don't have it yet, but I trust what your word says. So God, I receive the wisdom that you have for me and I thank you for it. That's the now part of believing and receiving. So let's take a look at the scripture. James 1.5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. goes on, though, and it says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. <clears throat> For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for not for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is double minded unstable in all of his ways what a challenging scripture there's the great promise on the front end hey if you if you need wisdom ask god for wisdom because he's going to give it to you but make sure you ask in faith and don't doubt because if we doubt, don't, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Whoa. Faith is a now thing that says, God, your word says that if I ask for wisdom, you're going to give it to me. So I believe 100% that you're going to grant me wisdom and a whole bunch of other promises we're not talking about yet. And I'm not going to doubt, I'm not going to double guess because that's what your word says. And if I start to double guess or doubt, then I'm going to start to go find other scriptures that talk about how you give me wisdom because I need to build my faith. Let's take a look at another scripture about this now faith. Hebrews 11, 1 in the New King James, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we see from this scripture that faith, the right now faith of believing and receiving is substance and it is evidence. There's there's substance to our faith. I love how the Amplified Classic translate this, this same scripture. Let's take a look at that translation. It says, now faith is the assurance the confirmation and the title deed of the things that we hoped for. Our faith is the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I love the tangibility of this one. So faith The right now believe, receive faith is the title deed. So you go to buy a house, and before you tangibly occupy the house, before you can see with your senses that the house is yours, you have the title deed. You go to closing, and you receive the title deed. That house is yours. Even though you are not tangibly experiencing it as yours yet. You have received it as your house by the title deed, by faith. But you don't yet have it. You're not yet actually living in it. That's the faith that God calls us to operate in. Before we even tangibly live in the house, we know that it's ours. Faith is the proof or conviction of reality of something before it's revealed to our senses. So what are you praying about lately? What are you standing in faith about 
lately? Is it a family member? Is it something in your life? I remember in college, um, really being burdened to pray for numerous friends and family members that were far from the Lord. And I remember getting up early every morning specifically to pray for these individuals. And after a couple of weeks of praying, I was like, God, I really want these people saved, but is it your will? Am I praying against your will? So I went to, to the scriptures, you know, that talk about, and I found out in the word that, man, it's not God's will that any perish, but all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And God is patient and long-suffering towards us because he wants all to be saved. And you know what? That gave me faith when I was praying because now I realized, oh, I'm not praying my will, but I'm actually, this is your will. So I'm going to pray with 100% confidence that you're going to make this happen. It changes when we see what the word says about what we're praying about. So faith is a right now thing. Whether we receive the answer to our prayer right now or not, faith is a right now thing. As soon as we pray, we believe and receive. That's a right now thing. And that's our responsibility in prayer. That's our part. The then part, then you will have is the God-appointed time of when we tangibly actually receive the answer to the prayer. The patience part or the later part. Let's go back to Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Um, it says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. That's our part. And we do that now and we receive it now. Comma and you will have them. This is God's part. That comma and represents time of when we actually have the thing that we're praying out. When it comes to faith and receiving from God, there's a part that we play, and that's trusting God at his word, and that's praying, and that's asking. But there's a God word part that we have no control over, and oftentimes that's the element of time. I hate that part. God is in control. Scripture says that time is in God's hand. Faith is now our part. We believe we receive now. And then at God's appointed time, we have. Hebrews 6.12 says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises this tension of the both and of faith and patience we inherit the promises of god faith and patience now and later faith and time and this is the part that can mess us up if we're not aware Because we don't know how long it's going to be. We can pray for wisdom, and a moment later we have it. Awesome. But we can pray for a lot of other things, and it's like a couple days, or a couple weeks, or a couple months, or a couple years, or a couple decades, or a couple generations later 
before we have it. Time is in God's hands. The path to how God's promises happen is in his hands. And that's a really good thing. Because don't you know we'd mess it up if we had full control? It's a really good thing that God is in control because God is trustworthy and he is good and he works all things together for the good of those who love him. And here's the deal. A lot of times in between the believing and receiving part and the having part is the patience part where we continue to believe God's word. And we not only continue to believe God's word, but we continue to believe God's character, that he is good and he has good plans for us and he will never leave us or forsake us. Sometimes when there's a delay between the believing and receiving, and the having, we start to question God's word. And we start to question God's character. But just like a parent sees the big picture, you're like, I, I'm, I'm disciplining my child right now. I'm taking away the candy from my child right now. I see a bigger picture than what they see right now, right? And just like a teacher sees a bigger picture than the student, God sees a bigger picture than what we see. And we need to trust him like the child trusts the parent and like the student trusts the teacher. Hebrews 10.23 says we must hold on to the promises, on to God's promises that we have, that we have said we believed. And we must never let go. He has promised and he will do it. I've heard it said that we need to have bulldog tenacity about the promises of God, where we latch onto them and we never let go. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how long it takes, the bulldog never gives up the bone. And we need to never unhook from the promises of God. All throughout scripture, we see links between faith and and timing. In Habakkuk 2, 3 through 4, it says the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The scripture says that there's an appointed time and God's promise will speak. It will not lie. It might tarry. We might need to wait for it, but it shall surely come. Behold, we're called to live by faith. <clears throat> then Hebrews 10, 35 through 38 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. Anybody have need of endurance? You have need of endurance. <laughs> That's such a nice way to say it. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Yet for a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. <clears throat> 
But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Draw back, let go of your faith. Turn away, say, I'm giving up, this is too hard. And here's what I have learned experientially. Oftentimes, when I am about at the point of breakdown, God is just about to break through. The longer that you walk with the Lord, the more you can start to see patterns in his life. I can, I can locate certain times in my life where there was such a tension because you're praying for something that you see in scripture, but yet you're not, and you have received it, but you don't have it yet. And you're like, God, where are you? And I'm so frustrated about this because I believe you and I believe your character, but what's the deal? And sometimes you can hit a point of desperation where you have need of endurance. And you know what? Your prayers sound a lot different at that point. Where you believed and you received, but then at this point, so I've seen, I've, I've seen God's pattern in my life. And I'm not normally a crier, but there's certain times where like, I'm, I'm almost at that breakdown point. And the prayers turn a little bit more into desperation of independence. And God, I'm not going to do it on my own way, but I'm going to do it your way. And I release all that I'm holding on to on this. And God, you do it your way. And all of a sudden, breakthrough happens. Oftentimes, when we are about at our breakdown, God's about to break through. Don't give up in that moment of tension because your breakthrough is right around the corner. Are you praying for a loved one? Is there a God-given desire in your heart that has not yet come to pass? Is there a word that God has given you that has not yet become a reality? Continue to stand in faith. Don't let go of your confidence. Push through wanting to break down and give up because your breakthrough is on the other side. Earlier this year, I was reading a parenting book by Bill Johnson, and there was a phrase in the book that just stood out to me. I wrote it down in my journal. I want to share it with you guys. He said this, if your answer to your prayer is delayed, it's gaining interest. And when breakthrough comes, it will come with greater power and glory than if it had been released the moment you first prayed. Don't you love that? If the answer doesn't come right away, it's just gaining interest for God's glory. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I'm going to end with this. What if God wants to do something in your life that's going to outlive you? What if your prayers and your faith have a generational impact that you're not even going to see the having this side of heaven? took a look at Hebrews 11 earlier. Hebrews 11 is oftentimes referred to as the hall of faith. It's this where we read the scripture of faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The whole rest of that scripture goes on to list heroes of faith, 
who believed God, trusted God, and through faith and patience inherited the promises of God. You know, at the end of that chapter, there's a handful of heroes of faith who died believing, not yet fully having. And the having was manifested in their family outside of their lifetime. I want to have that kind of faith. Anybody else here? I want to have faith so big and I want to pray prayers so big that I don't even get to experience the having end of it. You know, the other day I was watching a a documentary on Disney World. They're celebrating 50 years. And um, they were sharing about how Walt Disney bought the land in Florida. He had the whole blueprint and then he died. And then they started construction. So he died in his faith and imagination as a metaphor was passed down to the next generation that he never even got to experience or have. How many of us have ridden a ride or experienced the magic of Disney World, right? It was something that outlived him. How much more with our faith? You know, I've heard countless stories of churches that have bought land and and built their building on property that they later found out generations earlier, there was someone that was praying that that land would be used for the kingdom of God. Faith that outlives our lifetime. How many influential people do you know that had a mom or a grandma or a great grandma or a mentor or a, a sister or a brother at church that was praying for them? And they mark back the hand of God on their life because so-and-so used their faith for their life. My whole life, my whole mom's side of the family is marked because of a neighbor who prayed in faith for a broken family. My mom's side of the family was a divorced and broken home and it was a single mom with four daughters and there was a neighbor across the street, a stay-at-home mom, burden and had compassion on this family that was broken and lost, far from God, they found out later she would pray diligently for this family that at the time was just the four girls and the single mom and and the dad. Now that family, 50 years later, has 36 adults, all who know and love the Lord, 14 of them in full-time ministry, and it can go back to some faith prayers. We think, oh, I'm just stay-at-home mom, just praying for the neighbors across the street. It has such an impact. It's a now and then tension that's worth fighting for. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you've been disillusioned the last couple years with everything going on. Maybe you lost your endurance and you dropped your boxing gloves and you got out of the ring. I want to encourage us, church, this morning, let's fight the good fight of faith. To believe and receive now based on God's promises. And to fight and mix faith with patience and grit to receive the promises of God. 
Jesus at the end of his life said, when the Son of God comes back, will he find faith on earth? Our heart and our prayer is that when the Son of Man looks down on alive, this body of believers, he will see a group who is 100% in faith on his word. People that are boldly still fighting the fight of faith. I pray that when he looks down on us, he sees a people that have grit and endurance, that trust his character and his word even when they don't yet have the promise. We have a God that is faithful to his word. We have a God that is of good character. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Church, let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. God, we thank you that you are good. You are entirely good and your plans for us are good. You want our heart and our spirit awakened to what you have for us in the word. Lord, awaken our heart to your promises. Awaken our heart to latch on to your promises with faith and to wait on you in faith that through faith and, and, and patience we inherit the promises of God, Lord, that we would leave a faith legacy, not only that we experience your goodness in our lifetime, but the generation to come would experience the remnant impact of our faith. Lord, awaken us unto this. Thank you for what you're doing. With all eyes closed and head bowed, we never like to end a service <clears throat> without giving an invitation for people to put their faith and trust in Jesus. If you're here this morning, we don't believe it's by accident. And God's saying, man, I've got good plans for you. I've got so much more than you can even imagine right now. Would you come on this journey of faith with me? Would you put your faith and trust in me? I want to show you my goodness. With all eyes closed and head bowed, is there anyone here that would raise their hand and say, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to step out for the first time or I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Amen. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. We believe and we confess that he is our Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.